This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. Thank you so much for joining us again today. I'm glad you're here with us as Last time we had finished the study of Rerum Novarum, the encyclical, by Pope Leo XIII, and today we begin the follow-up encyclical, and that, that was written 1931 by Pope Pius XI, and that is Quadragesimo Anno. So God love all these Latin names for us American speakers, but they have deep meaning to them, and Quadragesimo Anno means the 40th year. And this encyclical that we'll be studying over the next few weeks is a 40-year anniversary encyclical, so to speak, and a follow-up of Rerum Novarum. Now, it takes a lot of guts to break a mold and to speak the truth. And in 1981, or rather 1891, Pope Leo the 13th did just that with that encyclical Rerum Novarum. This encyclical then set off a precedent and 40 years later, as I stated, Pope Pius XI followed up on the 40th anniversary with Quadragesimo Anno, which means, again, 40th year. And as we study this, where it's going to be, if you will, uh, an appendix, so to speak, of the previous encyclical in that what Pope Pius XI is seeking to do is to clarify some things because there some confusions came uh, into uh, some people's understanding around Rerum Navarum. And also you got to understand 40 years later, society changes, the conditions of society changes, and what Pope Pius XI wanted, wanted to do is to help people to be able to apply Rerum Novarum within the current context in 1931. But there's more, because Pope John Paul II follows up with an encyclical about on the 100th anniversary of Rerum Novarum. We're going to study that later in another series as well. In fact, Rerum Novarum set off a flurry of encyclicals on social justice over the last 130 years. So what I encourage you to do is to study them, look into them, and get all the tools you can to create that just society right where you are that we so often talk about. Now let's look at the historical context of this encyclical, Quadragesimo Anno. First of all, in 1891, Pope Leo XIII was seeing the fallout of the Industrial Revolution and feared for socialism. But by 1931, Pope Pius XI saw 
socialism and all of those fears in full bloom with the Russian Revolution and the rise of the communist form of socialism and with the rise of Hitler in Germany. So what Pope Leo XIII was envisioning as a fear of what could be actually end up being during Pope Pius XI's uh, time as the Pope. Now, Pope Leo XIII warned against socialism. But by 1931, when the world was two years into the Great Depression, Pope Pius XI realized that there needed to be an additional warning, warning us against unfettered capitalism. So such as, just as Pope Leo XIII confronts socialism, Pope Pius XI confronts capitalism. And Pope Leo XIII had exposed the poverty of the working class, but with the Great Depression, poverty was now widespread on a global scale. Imagine this. In 1891, there are pockets of poverty, especially as Pope Leo XIII said, within the working class. It was those pockets of poverty. But imagine 40 years later, 1931, we've got the Great Depression. That's two years uh, in the making. We've got worldwide poverty. You know, a lot of Americans think in terms of the Great Depression as something just here in America, but it was worldwide stock markets crashed all over the world because we truly became an international uh, society by then as humans. And it just had this rippling effect. And Pope Pius XI is faced with this daunting task of confronting this immense, immense amount of people who are driven into deep poverty. And then finally, with Rerum Navarum, there were many positive advances in the world. And the working class was enjoying greater benefits. Uh, but Pope Pius XI realized that many had twisted or ignored Rerum Navarum or abused the words of the encyclical. So he writes to clarify some of the things Pope Leo XIII said and also updated the language from the archaic language of 1891 and brought it up to date. Now, the interesting thing about Quadragesimo Anno is that it comes with a 40-paragraph introduction. Now, if you remember from our last series, when popes write encyclicals, they write them in paragraph form and they number each paragraph. Well, Pope Pius XI takes nearly 40 paragraphs as a review of uh, Rerum Navarum and as an introduction to what he's going to be talking about. And in this introduction, he praises the work of Rerum Navarum, shows the ad advancements that had been made. I mean, people certainly did take the principles that Pope Leo XIII was talking about and put them into action. So he's talking about these advancements. He's uh, making the case why this new encyclical was needed as a follow-up. And I'll bring out some of those main points. But again, you can go to the Vatican's website and find this encyclical under Pope Pius XI's picture. Now, some themes of this encyclical 
is church authority. So Pope Pius XI will be talking about the church's authority to speak into the issues of social justice. He's going to be, again, reiterating private property that the first encyclical did. He's going to be talking about just wages and worker associations as well. But in paragraph one, there's a very beautiful and short intro uh, in this uh, paragraph of uh, Quadragesimo Anno. And he says uh, in this paragraph, Venerable brethren and beloved children, health and apostolic benediction. Forty years have passed since Leo XIII's peerless encyclical on the condition of workers first saw the light and the whole Catholic world filled with grateful recollection is undertaking to commemorate it with befitting solemnity. So I don't know, short and beautiful to the point. I kind of like that because he's really saying my predecessor had really gotten it right. But the main points of these first many paragraphs of intro uh, is that uh, is about, you know, what happened what was actually being said in Rerum Navarum, what has happened out of that encyclical, and what do we need to do moving forward? So the first, and I wrote down eight points to, for today that Pope Pius XI makes about Rerum Navarum, and the first point is that Rerum Navarum was not written in a vacuum, but was preceded by encyclicals on family and social life. But it was different in that it took the vague and made it boldly clear in Catholic social teaching, as he put it, it answered the social question. So what Pope Pius XI says is up to 1891, a lot of the encyclicals were about doctrine. They were about family life uh, and, and these types of issues. But he said, Rerum Navarum does not exist in a vacuum after those encyclicals, but it becomes the outgrowth of those. So with a, a strong family and social life that the church, church had been teaching on, it gave the proper foundation to understand what the proper uh, ethic should be around the working class, around socialism, uh, communism, capitalism, economic systems, because you have to have the family in place first, then you can build a greater society because the family is the nucleus of that greater society. So he's, he's showing us again that Rerum Novarum answers the social question. Now, that should ring a bell, especially in 1931 when he's writing this because Hitler had his doctrine, his policy that he says is the final solution to what? The Jewish question. That's an evil thing. What the Pope does is brings us a holy thing by giving us the answer to the social question. And the social question is, what do we do uh, against this backdrop of evil economic systems and oppression and worldwide poverty from the fallout of the Great Depression. The second point he brings out is that at the time of Rerum Navarum, wealth was in the hands of a few. And the leaders were not just content with keeping the working class poor, 
but was sanctioning it and was content with just seeing the working class as a thing to give charity to on occasion. The working class was either feeling oppressed or desiring to violently rise up, which happens when you're frustrated, you feel like you're not being heard, and you feel like you're hitting your head against a brick wall. You want to violently rise up and and try to take matters into your own hands. Well, the Pope didn't want that, but he also didn't want the oppression to continue. So he's like, we have to deal with this. And so Rerum Navarum deals with with how to handle this oppressive situation. And it is so true that I was at a meeting yesterday and a very large conversation about how their wealth is in the hands of a few and what the powerful and wealthy want to do is just keep the rest of us uh, fighting each other for scraps that they throw our way. What rather than us having just wages where we can live well, not rich, but where we can live comfortably. A third point that Pope Pius XI brings out is that he states that even the best of minds were at a loss of what to do with the horrible conditions brought on by the Industrial Revolution. People had been talking about it. Pope Leo XIII wasn't just the first one to bring up the subject. He said the best of minds have been talking about the Industrial Revolution and didn't know what to do about it. So he says the bishops in the world turned to the chair of St. Peter for an answer. He states that Pope Leo XIII prayed and sought wise counsel with with a heavy heart, brought the wisdom of God to the world on this issue. Before saying this, Pope Pius XI says that the conditions of the time were in no way in alignment with God's designs. You know, it's just like the prophets on the Old Testament. We often can tend to think that the prophets just kind of randomly spoke or they heard from God and spoke whatever God told them to in a blind sort of way, but that's not true. The prophets, those prophecies built up in them. Like Jeremiah prophesied from a standpoint, he could see what was going on. It was driving him crazy. He was upset about the oppression and injustices. And uh, he speaks out. Or Isaiah, you know, but they did hear from God. I'm not saying they didn't. Obviously, they couldn't see the future, but God gave them those insights. But God spoke to them and showed them the future prophecies by first allowing them to see the present situation. You've got Habakkuk, who, who speaks by observing the present situation. You've got John the Baptist. John the Baptist doesn't just randomly speak the things he did in the desert. No, he saw the oppression. He saw the greed. He saw the, the oppression of the religious leaders and, and the Roman leaders. And out of seeing that, he speaks. And so Pope... Uh, Leo XIII saw what was going on in his day in 1891 and speaks out of that. A fourth point that Pope Pius XI makes is that he goes on in paragraphs 11 and 12 to say that Rerum Navarum was not in vain. You know, people had twisted the words of the encyclical, people had ignored them. He says they were not in vain, but that Catholics and all people of goodwill rose up and obeyed and created better conditions. 
So he said, the reason why we even have any sanity in the world, basically, and any justice is because people, there were people who took note of Rerum Navarum and put it into practice. The fifth point, he then makes a very bold statement. Pope Pius XI makes the statement that in the next paragraphs that the encyclical was received with great joy, but it also greatly disturbed the leaders of industry. And isn't that how the truth works? Like Jesus says, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Jesus said he came to separate people apart who weren't on the same path. And so, yes, Rerum Navarum was received with great joy by the masses, but it was disturbing to the leaders of industry. It's like you have the three magi. The Magi who come to visit Jesus with the gold, frankincense, and myrrh with great joy. They're looking for Jesus. But guess what? That same Jesus, that same baby who was causing great joy in the hearts of the Magi, <laughs> that same baby was very disturbing to the powers, especially to Herod. And so the same thing with this encyclical. He goes on to say that the church calls to court the evils of socialism, tries it, and finds it guilty. I love that. He, and he literally says I, he calls socialism into court. So he calls them to court, summons socialism to, to the court of the universe, and the court of the church tries it, finds it guilty. Just as uh, Pope Leo XIII said that socialism will actually cause a greater suffering to the working class than what the current problems were that day. Pope Pius XI says that the answer to restoring society is the reform of Christian morals. Note how these two popes never call for atheistic social reform or more laws, but rather they call for humanity to come back to the Christian morals that God is the answer to all our ills. Compare this to the approaches of social reform today. When you see the various social justice movements and the various reforms in government, at no point is God at the center of that. But Pope Pius XI says, no, God is the answer. The church is the answer. The Christian morality is what society needs. And if we practice it, then we will see the society become what we've dreamed it to be. G.K. Chesterton said, and see if I can get this quote right, but G.K. Chesterton says, Christianity has not been, uh, has not been tried. Yeah. He says, Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. Rather, it has been tried and found difficult. So I'll repeat that. Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. Rather, it has been tried and found difficult. G.K. Chesterton. The next point is that the positive result of Rerum Novarum uh, is its critique of liberalism. He states that liberalism stifles and takes away freedoms and that since the encyclical, encyclical rather was released, that much progress had been made to advance the causes of freedom. Now, that might upset a lot of people in my home state of Oregon, but the fact is, 
I live in a very liberal state that's built on liberalism and the freedom is lacking. The freedoms that we desire, the more liberal a place becomes, the more controlling the leaders become. And so he says that the positive result of Rerum Navarum is that Pope Leo XIII confronted liberalism. In paragraphs 30 and 31 of Quadragesimo Anno, he says these teachings were issued indeed most opportunely, for at that time, in many nations, those at the helm of state plainly imbued with liberalism were showing little favor to workers associations of this type. Nay, rather they openly opposed them. And while going out of their way to recognize similar organizations of other classes and show favor to them, they were with criminal injustice denying the natural right to form associations to those who needed it most to defend themselves from ill treatment at the hands of the powerful. There were even some Catholics who looked at the efforts of workers to form associations of this type as if they smacked of a socialistic or revolutionary spirit. The rules, therefore, which Leo XIII issued in virtue of his authority deserve the greatest praise in that they have been able to break down this hostility and dispel these suspicions. So, yeah, there you go. And he's so right. And it's still true today. Again, living in a very liberal state that I do, I can tell you that the political leaders in Oregon are very oppressive. They're very much on the side of the co- corporations. And uh, they're, they're very much not on the side of the working class at all. In fact, what the liberal leaders in Oregon do is make life extremely difficult for the working class. So when they spout, we're here for the working class, don't believe them. It's a lie. All right. The seventh point that Pope Pius XI makes is he goes on to praise the fact that Catholic labor unions, though still outnumbered by communist and socialist labor unions, were growing in vast numbers. And then finally, many have seen Rerum Novarum, Novarum as a uh, fanciful imagination, but history has now proven that it is reality and has been brought into reality that the ideas of Pope Leo XIII came straight from the Gospels. So it's okay to dream. You have a dream? Do you have ideals floating around in your head? It's okay. They're not fanciful. What you're doing is you're thinking in terms of what should be, not what is. And a lot of people uh, criticized Pope Leo XIII saying he just was filled with fanciful imaginations. But once his principles were put into reality, it was shown to actually be what's real, what's the truth. Now, the next time we'll begin with paragraph 40, where Pope Pisces 11th shows why this new encyclical is needed and begins with the need to clarify some things from Rerum Navarum that got twisted through the years. Rerum Navarum was truly earth shattering. People can remember where they were when President Kennedy was shot or when 9-11 happened. Well, there was a day when many can remember where they were when Rerum Navarum was released. 
Now, those people are not still alive, just FYI, but thank God for Pope Pius XI giving us this encyclical to update, clarify, and call us back to the social teachings of the church. Now, I have to make a confession to you. I am an Oakland A's fan. Not too long into the future, they'll be the Las Vegas A's, but I am an Oakland A's fan, have been since I was a kid. And I guess I won't be for long an Oakland A's fan. I'll have to become a Las Vegas A's fan. But I can remember in the 1980s that it wasn't popular to be an A's fan, but when Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire came to town, it was sweet vindication. (laughs) And it is not popular to say this, but the Catholic Church holds the answers to the social ills in our world. And it is sweet vindication, I will say, when I see people practicing Catholic social principles and it works. I pray that you realize this and study this encyclical with me and apply its prophecies, principles rather, as we seek to create a just society right where we are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis a common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.